Hey, Jeff, we're finally back with another guest series. Who is our special guest today? Yeah, really excited to introduce Hanju. He's doing the same Venture for America fellowship program as me. Uh, Hanju, if you want to tell us a bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, my name is Hanju. Um, I graduated from Washington University in St. Louis with a degree two years ago. So we were a Pan E grads, you know, all of us. Great time. Um, let me see. Yeah, I was working at a company called Accelerate America in Detroit through BFA for around a year. Um, but six months ago, I started my own business, which is really just me being a weeb. Uh, so I started an anime business. Um, so started that off like six months ago. And then I decided two-ish months ago, like, fuck it. I'll just go full time and see what happens. And here we are now. Yeah, that's, that's- awesome. <laughs> um, Jeff, you go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, we've, we've talked about this before a bit, but, you know, I'm sure our listeners are curious. How did you even come up with this idea? Yeah, you know, uh, I feel like it just kind of hit me in the face one day. I had been working on a project. Um, it was like a different project. I also created this whole Facebook group called Asian Creative Network. It was a whole other project. Um, but while I was doing that, I got kind of tired of it, just very burnt out, that whole shebang. And so I decided to take a break from that. But I feel like as soon as I take a break from that project, it kind of just like opened up my mind and my creative abilities once more into like making this kind of stuff. Uh, and then during the quarantine, I had become a super big weeb because I actually never watched anime until like June of 2020. Oh, wow. And that completely took over my life, as you can see. And so... Yeah, it just kind of was like the perfect storm of a bunch of things. And I was bored at home. So I was like, why not make some things? Well, did the idea come from like people telling you, oh, you know, like these things would be cool and demand, like make sense. Like what made you come up with the certain things that you sell in your store today? Um, yeah, again, <laughs> so I didn't, this is a very bad idea. Do not listen to me. Um, but I did like zero market research. I just kind of went and bought like, 3k worth of inventory out of like just my own like volition of wow this shit is kind of cool and my friends being like yeah that shit is cool um yeah because like if I I, I guess I can explain a little bit of my products but my very first one the one that like got this whole thing started um kind of hard to explain but they're like receipts that tell you how long it takes you to watch each anime so they have like episode titles how long it takes like the like the added up time so it looks like a receipt I don't know. I thought the idea of a receipt was super cool. There was a girl that did them for albums. So I was like, oh, might as well like make them for anime and see what happens. Um, I thought they were cute. So I bought a shit ton of them and then I put them in a store and the people like them. So here we are now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely really cool. And I mm-hmm. echo your thoughts on like getting into anime. I remember my brother was like, oh, you got to watch this show. And I was like, oh, I don't watch anime. And then I got COVID and I was like, well, like, as well so so definitely got into that as well oh yeah so what what are things looking like in you know in the future the next few months like are you looking to sell like a broader range of products are you looking to you know Mm -hmm. try some new things like what's what's happening yeah no I think that right now I actually just came to this realization yesterday I think that I was like very much a little bit too focused on trying to get like the next new best thing a little bit that was like stressing me out a lot you know um because I already have a ton of products right now and like I do all my marketing through TikTok and so there's just like I think doing marketing through social media right there's always this like rat's race of like oh my god I need to like the best the newest the best thing like whatever um that was yeah it's just it gets to be a lot I think mentally I was starting to get to a place where things are getting a little crazy and so I was I think I just decided to kind of focus a little bit more on the products I already have 
and to slow down a little bit, you know, actually like live my life instead of working from seven to 12 every day. So <laughs> going to try to do that, I think for a couple months. So speaking of initial marketing, I think this is something that whether you're like a content creator or you're selling through an online store, uh, the first step of that is really, really hard. So what was your thought process in terms of like, how do I get the word out about my initial online store? Like, was it mostly through TikTok or just like, how did you think about that process? Yeah. So actually funny story. So I didn't go into this wanting to start a business whatsoever. Um, there was a idea before my receipt idea because it kind of came from I had an anime meme account. I'm never going to tell anyone. I'm never going to tell anyone the handle. No one knows what it actually is because I refuse. Um, Spill but, it. Spill it. You know, <laughs> we got to know. No, it's okay. yeah. They're not on my grave. But yeah. And so that account is the first one that kind of blew up because like I just wanted to have fun on it and fuck around. And then there was like a product that came out of that. And so that was like the first thing that really kind of started my whole like, oh, wow, TikTok actually like gets word out really fast. You can go viral on it fairly quickly. Um, and so using my experience, I guess you can say from that, I decided to start my business TikTok and then just, I don't know, I feel like TikTok, if you're, not, if you're a small business and you're not on it, I'm just like, what are you doing, man? Like it is, you know, evil in many ways, but I got to say it's also brought me 99% of my business. So I can't be mad. <laughs> so can we call you a TikTok influencer now? Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, I would gag, please. <laughs> okay, honestly, like, does that mean Jeff and I should start a TikTok channel to try to promote our podcast? Because like, I mean, okay, but it's like slightly different, right? Like you're selling products, like we're not selling anything. It's just like a pack. Like, I, I don't know, like, what, what are your advice on that? Do you think TikTok's a good channel to try to get the word out that way? I don't know about podcasts, because I feel like TikTok, it's like, I don't know, man, even for me, like, it's still like an arena where every day, sometimes I make videos that get like 4 million views, right? And the other days I make videos oh. that live thousand. So it's like, it's very, I feel like TikTok is really different than um, most of any other social media platform I've used because it's like, I don't think your followers really matter. It doesn't really matter. Like if you have like even a million followers, I've seen people only get 200, like 200K views on their videos sometimes, sometimes 10 million, right? It's just so variant. And it's a lot more about when the algorithm picks you up. And so I feel like if you can make content that the algorithm likes and people like one that's like more specific to you, then I've seen people succeed. And obviously I've been able to succeed too, but I don't know, man, like I'm still trying to figure it out too. So I just kind of am like, what's kind of funny and me, and then I chase it down. <laughs> uh, All right, Jeff, we got to start, we got to start dancing <laughs> on TikTok to promote zero in. Like I swear to God, yeah. millennial marketing or Gen Z, uh, this is even younger. Like I don't even really use TikTok anymore. It's like I feel like it's like yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like similar to how anime was for me because I actually hated anime. Or I didn't hate anime, but I was one of those like, oh my god, you dirty weebs! Like you guys like anime so much, haha. And now look at me. Um, same thing with TikTok, where I was like, oh my god, these like youngins on TikTok ruining their brains, haha. And now I am the worst of them all. So. <laughs> It's actually an interesting question. Like, do you watch anime on a pretty big platform like Netflix? Or do you also sort of like either use like a specific anime specific platform or like pirate it, I guess, which is a lot of people do. But like, I feel like Netflix has made a ton of these international, I guess, like, like, like K-dramas and, and anime is really popular. Whereas, you know, like 10 years ago, yeah, like when I was in high school or middle school, it was very much sort of niche for people mm. in, in a very nice way you know 
Yeah. Niche is a nice way to put it. It's yeah. a delicate way. Yeah, no, I I mean, I watch all of mine through trusted networks like Crunchyroll and Funimation and all those places, mostly, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's really interesting, the whole rise of anime. I think I kind of see it similar to K-pop because um, K-pop is something that I, I think the anime K-pop pipeline is like, you will always end up on one side if you went through one side. Um, so I started with K-pop. It's a very similar thing, right? Where it's like before when I was in middle school, very much a hidden thing. People thought it was super weird. Like, oh, who are these like weird like people dancing but now obviously like bts and blackpink and all these people have like completely swept the world to their feet um yeah and it's just really interesting for me kind of mixed feelings about it of like hmm glad that you like are more aware but also still kind of weird still a little notes of like xenophobia fetishization all the kind of shit that's like woven into it but that's yeah. as a whole conversation for like another day that will take hours to unpack so <laughs> yes yeah uh well thanks thanks for sharing uh you know there's there's something I guess we're, we're curious about then like how did you decide that you were going to leave your job then you know and to mm-hmm. pursue this full-time yeah my job um I think that when I decided to leave it was very much I tried to not freak out in the beginning because like when I first launched like TikTok picked it up very fast which I'm very grateful for and so that first day when I blew up I was like fuck y'all I am leaving this job I'm gonna be my blah 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 um but I think it took me a long time a lot of conversations a lot of tough conversations drunk conversations for me to get to this point but I don't know I think it was a combination of um realizing that like one I'm super young right we are all very young 23 early even anywhere in the 20s I feel like it's a time for you to just like make terrible or like risky you know whatever decisions you have no responsibilities really like all I have is my cat to feed so as long as I can feed her she'll be fine right um I think there's also like my job is just was just like an entry level kind of like whatever job honestly you know I wasn't super invested in it it was kind of just there to give me money and as being my primary investor Um, so I think it wasn't something I was super tied to, and this seemed like it was something that was really going somewhere. So I was like, all right, well, like the finances line up. I don't really care about this job. I'm young and kind of stupid. So like, might as well see what happens. (laughs) Like, It was very much like a well thought out, but also at the end of the day, kind of like, fuck it, why not sort of thing. So yeah. Yeah. Do you have any advice for anyone who's like in those same shoes and like mm-hmm. looking to, you know, build up the courage or whatever it is to, you know, leave their, their current jobs? Yeah. You know, I would say I am always like an enabler where I would love to be like, yeah, fuck them, go quit your job. But I feel like there is also the sense now that I'm on the other side of things of realizing that like, it is still a job on the other side. And it is almost like the fun or whatever you're feeling and like whatever side business you're doing is probably great. But then once it becomes a thing that supports you financially, it is less fun and it is more of a job, right? So I think there's a lot of things to consider with like, are your finances in order? Like once you quit your job, are you going to be like, yes, let's go for it. Or are you going to be like really stressed out about, can I pay my bills? Like, oh my God, where is this going? All that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah, I think I would love to, again, say fuck it all but I do now being on the other side feel like sometimes you gotta weigh the stress of like full-time job but steady income versus you know being able to work for myself but with more instability I think it's just your values and like depending on what you are okay with stressing about because you will be stressed no matter what you know 
Yeah, I really appreciate that. That's super thoughtful. You know, I also just left my job, so definitely <laughs> all those bills and all that as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. We all we're all switching jobs out here, um, oh, but yeah <laughs> it's a great resignation we kind of talked about this before but i just feel like everyone's sort of quitting their jobs and doing something mm-hmm. new and mm-hmm. taking the risks that they never did you know um oh, exactly. but yeah so you know to touch on what you sort of mentioned before what do you think are like the biggest like stresses that you have with you know your, your current sort of like situation i mean I, I think it's like very rosy for people to think about oh, I want to like start my own shop or like I want to do my own venture, but there obviously has to be a lot of realistic considerations with that as well, right? Yeah, for sure. I think that um, there's so many. (laughs) I'm like, there's so, so many. Um, I think there's a lot of things that you don't expect to come up. Um, there's a lot of things that's very particular to each person, right? Because my, I have also have a friend that owns a shop and her anxieties are, there's a lot that are very similar to mine, right? With like, oh, my TikTok isn't getting views or like, oh, my sales are lower this month or, oh, I need to like consistently like put out in, I have to like keep creating things and like all that kind of stuff. But I do think that I, um, particularly have been struggling with like more of a personal work-life balance, right? Because your work is you. Like when you are your own entrepreneur, when you're your own business, like the business is you. So the best that you are is the best the business is, right? So when I was stressed out or burnt out or like I'm too tired, I want to do anything today, that obviously means that my business also fails in that way or like my designs aren't as good, my effort isn't there. Um, So I feel like you learn a lot about protecting your own self and you also learn what toxic traits that you have that aren't healthy for you, right? Like, oh shit, maybe like watching TV until three in the morning and then have to wake up at seven is like not a great thing (laughs) or like maybe working for like 12 hours straight or maybe like not eating all day and like all of these things that I did in the past like really isn't serving me that well, like poor sleeping habits, all of the things, right. You kind of have to start figuring out because if you don't take care of yourself, then your business will also struggle and lag behind and then your money will fail. And then it's a vicious cycle of stress. So I think it's a lot more personal struggle than I think people realize that there will be business strategy, marketing sales. Yes. All that kind of crap. Yes. But if you don't take care of yourself first, I think that's like the first weak link in a way. You know, that, that's the kind of thing it feels like people don't learn when they're working like an, you know, an actual job, because sometimes like you work, you know, 70 hours a week and you burn out, but it's, you know, it's not as closely connected to your, your, you know, your livelihood in a way. So you don't, mm-hmm. you don't really figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. No, for sure. I think when I was working my job, I realized like, even if I was slacking off one week, right. Don't show this to my boss, but my old boss. Um, but even if I slacked off and I like barely did any work, I would still get that paycheck two weeks later. Right. Same amount. Didn't really have to worry about it unless I was completely slacking off. But I feel like with this kind of stuff, when you are your money, your money is directly tied with your effort in a way it's, yeah, it's harder to, ignore your body or your mind telling you like yo something's fucked up (laughs) like you know do you feel like you work more now that you're own boss and you have your own business or do you feel like you're on a more manageable time schedule than you had at your like previous or corporate job uh I definitely work more (laughs) for sure you know the whole thing where like I didn't want to do a nine to five so I traded it for a seven to seven like very true (laughs) like so so true But I do think that it's a different sort of time because it's my time in a way, you know, where it's like, yes, at my job, maybe sometimes I could work like 20 hours a week and get away with it. But it was still 
hours that I was giving to someone else to build someone else's thing that I really, even an hour, sometimes I was like, this is too precious for me to give up to you. Like, I don't want to do this work. I don't want to give you my time, my creativity, my energy, like any of that. Um, but I feel like now that this shop is, you know, a huge part of like things that I've built and things that I've created myself. And every day the job looks different. Every day there's other things to put my time into and like different skills I can build all that kind of stuff. Um, of course, days are hard and I hate working <laughs> too much, but I think that it's, it's a different flavor. So kind of depends on what you're, what you're into. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like overall, like tons of positive changes in your life, you know, sounds really amazing for you. And I'm, I'm glad this is going well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, thank you. It's definitely, I think it's a a journey right now that I'm going on debating if I want to, I don't want to go into back into full-time work at a different company anytime soon for sure. But I am seeing kind of like I was talking about before very clearly what the pros and cons are of both. Right. Where it's like, yeah, I think I told you this um, before to Jeff, like, yes, stability at my nine to five. But like, like I said, I have to give my time to someone else and they have to go into the office or I have to do these things that I don't want to do. But at the same time, like, when I'm working for myself, I do work longer, but it's for myself and like my own creative freedom. But I, you know, so there's a lot of, I think, pros and cons of both and just yeah. kind of learning that is very interesting. Um, but I do think that there's a lot more growth, which I like seeing because definitely at my last job, it was like just stagnant for a few months while I try to figure my own shit out. But I feel like with my business, I'm like constantly battling or like throwing hands constantly with myself. So that's been fun. Yeah. I feel like when you have to struggle with every possible problem that could come up with a business, you really do grow <laughs> and learn in that way. Um, I know you kind of glossed over this in the beginning, but mm -hmm. I did want to ask about like Asian creative network. Cause this is something that me and Jeff are both in on Facebook, at least as a group. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's really cool. Like you just get to see people who, you mm -hmm. know, are very cool, creative people. Um, not only in the U.S., but around the world. How did you sort of conceptualize this when you started that up in the, in the beginning? Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, I feel like this is kind of a theme with my life. I very much just kind of do things and then see what happens. <laughs> like even with ACN, like I swear to God, I didn't mean for it to become anything. Like I, um, that was when like subtle Asian, um, subtle Asian traits, like all those different Asian groups are on the rise, right? And so it's kind of like, all these people were starting up their things. Um, but I realized like there wasn't one for creatives. And I honestly just kind of wanted to like connect with other creatives. Like I didn't really consider myself a creative at the time. I was like, oh, I'm just like in psychology, but I've always been interested in the arts. And my mom was an opera singer, fun fact. So I was like, okay, it kind of runs in the family. Um, but yeah, so I think I just posted on Subtle Asian Traits one day, like, hey, are you a creative? Like, share your Instagram, let's be friends. And then a shit ton of people commented and I was like, oh shit, okay, let's make a group then. And then I made the group. And then I think like 15,000 people joined. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? And long story short, that is how ACN kind of came to be. I forgot what your original question was while I was rambling, but yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, th I think you answered it. Just basically like how it started and you yeah. know, to your point. I, I guess this is a more personal question to maybe all of us, but do you feel like from a creative standpoint, given our Asian American backgrounds, I, this is a stereotype, obviously, so I don't want to assume anything, but typically, you know, our parents coming from sort of more STEMI immigrant backgrounds tend to hmm. defer to more stable job um, paths 
like do you feel like you know it's 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 still like a pervasive issue in asian american households that like creative energy is more or less kind of stifled maybe that's like a reason why so many people i guess reacted so positively to an outlet to showcase their work mm-hmm. oh 100% yeah i remember when i first started acn like as much as of course i had no idea what i was doing i do think that it came from what you were saying right a very strong desire at the core of it to like connect with other Asian creators, right? And to express that creativity, to like find like-minded people. And when I first started it, I got like so many messages and I still do where it's like, people are just like, yo, this is like incredible. I'm so glad you made this. Like I got kicked out of my house because I wanted to pursue graphic design. I like quit my third year of med school to pursue something, something, right? I like went homeless for a little bit. Like there's like so many crazy stories, right? That I feel like we don't hear about people that look like us, but are out there, right? Like there are people out there And I think ACN, you know, has been an incredible resource for a ton of people where they were able to find like jobs and some people, some person found her wife there and like all of this, (laughs) so many people got hitched through ACN and I'm just like, where's my person, excuse me. Um, But yeah, so I think (laughs) jokes aside, like it's definitely been something where I'm very glad that that day I decided to randomly create this group um, and you know, I gave it my all for a good two years, but I think that after those two years, I kind of realized like, yeah, I was ready to move on to something else. Like, you know, kind of community management is very hard. Dealing with people is very hard <laughs> and something I don't think 20 year old me was very ready for. And so uh, now I am on to this. <laughs> wow, that's that's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, just out of curiosity, what was the hardest thing about managing, you know, a group of people that big? The imposter syndrome is crazy. (laughs) Like the pressure that I'm sure this also is kind of similar to entrepreneurship, right? Where it's really dependent on who you are as a person and where your stress is going to lie. But for me, I think it was a huge part of it was like pressure that I gave myself more than anyone else. Um, And also the imposter syndrome of like, I am just this random ass 20 year old girl that isn't like, I started with my junior year, like a junior in college in the middle of nowhere. Like I'm not even really a creative myself or I didn't feel like one at the time, like, and there was all these people that were, like, in these great industries, or were, like, full-time creatives, or, like, like I said, like, went homeless for their, you know, work, right, that were looking up to me in a way, or, like, expecting me to lead them in a sense, Um, which was just very, yeah, it just brought a lot of pressure to me. Um, I think less of anyone directly giving me pressure, there was really no one that said anything to me negatively. I think it was more myself of, like, oh, my God, like, yeah, I, I have to help these people, I am the one that has to do everything. I'm the one that has to look up all these resources to build all these things, to start all these events, like blah, blah, blah. Um, which looking back now, I think was definitely the wrong way to go about it. And I wish that I was a little bit more, I wish I was better at delegating and giving things up to people and like building teams and more empowering other people to do things than doing everything myself. Um, yeah, that was definitely the really difficult part of community building which I hear is a very common theme in these sort of like social ventures so I guess I'm not alone at least but that was definitely difficult yeah sounds like you learned a lot so so that's all good Mm -hmm. yeah no hopefully but you know I do run my business by myself right now so I'm kind of like did I did I learn or did I just choose a different outlet like I don't know so I guess to back to your vision for Coco Soul do you sort of have a grand final point of where you want to see your business go to or are you just kind of taking a step by step month by month and not really worrying about exactly where you want to grow the business 
Yeah, more. No, definitely more the second one. I think that, yeah, I think with um, kind of speaking with the whole pressure thing, the, there's definitely this weird pressure, I think, especially being in BFA or being in these kind of entrepreneurial spaces, right, of like, oh, what's your like five-year expansion plan? Like everyone wants to be the next like Jeff Bezos and kind of shit like that, right? But I don't know. I feel like for me, I kind of see this a little bit more in the way of like, it's just the way that I make my livelihood. You know, I make, I like this is the way I pay my bills. This is the way that I'm living my life right now. Um, if it expands into something crazy, like sure, great, amazing. Um, but I think that I just enjoy the freedom that it gives me to be able to, again, like I keep saying, fuck around and do what I want to do and make cool things and interact with cool people and learn a bunch of new skills. Um, yeah, I think I'm more hoping that in the long term that this will the skills I learned here will help me get to somewhere else. Cause as much as I love anime, I don't think I want to build my life around it <laughs> as ironic as, as that, given that my life is built around it right now. But I do think that everything I'm learning right now will lead me to wherever I'm going next. So I'm just going to trust that like, however long this lasts months, years, whatever, um, it's just gonna, you know, lead me to wherever I go next. Yeah. Yeah. We've actually got one more question. That I think is pretty important. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. What is your favorite anime? You know, what should our listeners be watching? <laughs> oh shit. Um. Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> Damn. Oh, that is so hard. Yeah. I think that basic ass answer, but honestly, given also the products that you see in my store and like what <laughs> I mainly go around, I feel like Haikyuu is like my number one comfort anime. Like it's just like it's what I started with actually funny story the first day that I decided to watch anime was Haikyuu and it was like 12 in the morning and I literally was like oh I haven't like I'm not really that tired yet maybe I'll watch an episode of something and so I turned on Haikyuu because one of my roommates had mentioned it at the time right so it's 12 a.m and I turned it on and next thing I know it's 7 a.m and it is like the sun is starting to shine through my windows and I was like did literally got no sleep that night I went downstairs my housemate was like oh how'd you sleep I was like oh I didn't I watched Haikyuu for fucking seven hours and then repeated the next day and then the rest is history. So I feel like, you know, it is the thing that started this entire, I don't even know what to call this, this entire thing. So I feel like it's the OG, always will be close to my heart. Are you super into volleyball now? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I was never into sports before, but the- Huge volleyball oh, person. <laughs> oh especially Olympic, you know, men's Olympic volleyball. <laughs> Forget Beach about volleyball, it. Though. <laughs> Forget about I feel it. you. I feel you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. So uh, just real quick for our listeners, you really want to check out uh, K-O-K-O-S-E-O-U-L.com. That's Coco Soul. Soul is in South Korea uh, mm-hmm. for some quality anime related products. Yes. No, thank you so much for having me, guys. This was very fun. Very much enjoyed it.